what are her values, what are her belief systems, and how do we apply that to our brand? Because I truly believe, one, your brand is an extension of you, number one. And number two, really figuring out how your personal values and how your personal belief systems can apply to your business and to your business manifesto and your business mission. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, they're a diddle, spelled A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part one in the two-part Beauty Brand Boss Series. In this episode, we're going to experience a day in the life, hour by hour, of Aggie Burnett, a beauty brand strategist and the founder of AB Creative, so you can decide if this is a career that's right for you. AB Creative is a PR and marketing company that Aggie founded to help emerging beauty and lifestyle companies get noticed in a sea of lookalike brands. She can add value to her clients because she's already successfully launched her own fragrance brand from the ground up. She was in their shoes not too long ago. So let's get right into the day. Seven a.m. in New York City, and Aggie was woken up by her son. The first thing she does every morning before any thought flutters into her head is set an intention for the day. To double down on those intentions, after she had breakfast with her family, she reviewed and said her affirmations to herself to set the tone for the rest of the day. Aggie themes her days so she knows exactly what to focus on. The agenda for this particular day, which was a Tuesday, was working on pitching her clients along with social media check-ins, client calls, and follow-ups on past pitches. It's so easy to get sidetracked. So that's why the intention at the beginning of the day is so important. Let's meet Aggie and learn more about what she does. I'm Aggie Burnett. I am the founder of AV Creative NYC, and my title is Beauty Brand Strategist and publicist. And AB Creative was founded kind of organically in 2017. And basically I do publicity work as well as really figuring out the brand positioning for beauty brands, for brand founders. I I actually have gotten into other industries now as well, a little bit of travel and fashion. However, you know, my focus has always been beauty. And um, I help basically people find their why, their audience, and apply that to actionable, you know, PR marketing strategies. So like I mentioned, Aggie themes her days. But just to give you a look into what the rest of her week looks like, Mondays are admin days, Wednesdays are sales and relationship building, Thursday, she takes off and spends it with her son, and Fridays, all about content development. 7.30 rolled around and Aggie's showered, she's done her hair, and followed her three-minute skincare routine that includes a swipe from a gentle balancing exfoliator, a serum moisturizer, and a primer. Being in the beauty industry, Aggie gets sent tons of products, so she's always switching up her skincare routine, but she has her go-tos for sure. 
I'm constantly being sent products. And so I'm constantly trying out new stuff. If it is like from a client, I'm very choosy and picky with the clients that I work. I'm lucky that I can do that now. And so I feel like I have a good sense of whether their products will be good or not before I try them on. And then I do like a basic makeup look. I don't like if it's a day to day thing, like I just make sure I always have my Femme Power Beauty lipstick on, like my hot pink magenta lipstick that's called Eve. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I love this one. It's so moisturizing and it stays put literally all day. And it's kind of my signature lipstick. Like everyone knows that I wear this all the time. After she's had breakfast with her family, we're now at 9 a.m. And before she left for work, she meditated for 10 minutes and then journaled about what she's most grateful for, writing her aspirations into existence. So it, it's it's weird. Like I always state everything in the in the present tense as if it's already happened. And that allows me to put everything in action to make it happen. So you got to work on this day at around 10.15. But before we move forward, before we get into your tasks at work, I need to get this out of the way. What separates PR from marketing? That's a really good question, actually. So <laughs> PR, which stands for public relations, is any sort of media outreach. So that is specifically reaching out to editors, podcasts, TV producers, bloggers, influencers, and getting your name out in the media so that more people can see you and read about you and listen to you and view you. Marketing is a bigger term and it involves like so many different elements. It could be email strategy, it could be launch strategy, it could be, you know, coming up with a unique campaign for launching a product or a service. It can mean blogging, it can mean content marketing, it can mean social media. There's so many different elements involved with it. So um, Tuesdays are pitching days and today's a Tuesday and you're um, creating or editing a new PR pitch for a client. What are you including in this and who are you sending it out to? So a pitch for a client, uh, for a brand, is essentially the who, what, when, where, why, and really what makes the brand special and what makes the brand different and unique and why the media should write about it right now. And usually if, if that client has gone through my brand positioning with me, then we're like super clear on what their um, differentiating factor is. If they haven't, like, I usually can get a sense of, at least on a superficial level, what the differentiating factor is. Um, and I'm a very intuitive person. So even just from a one or two calls with the client, I could figure out, you know, maybe like a, a deeper angle that we can use. But if they've done brand positioning with me, it makes it a lot easier for me. And then we we... I just make the pitch very enticing and we, you know, I work through different headlines. So if I'm writing a pitch that day, I may go with one headline when I start pitching that brand and the topic we've decided on. So maybe the angle is, you know, a specific ingredient that we're focusing on in that product. Maybe it's the founder story. Maybe it's uh, the pitch is related to a holiday or to a special event that's happening has to be newsworthy. But I usually A-B test my pitches, my pitch headlines. So let's say I'm pitching something for a week and 
or maybe a few days and I'm seeing like, oh, I, I would like this to be resonating more. Let me test out a different headline. What's your strategy for making like a really good headline? My intuition. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I, and then also I have a good grasp of like trends and what's happening in the industry and I'm, I can usually pinpoint what makes a product or a brand different, um, even if we haven't necessarily like worked through, you know, brand positioning exercises and then just being like in the know. Mm-hmm. So Staying I'll usually up come date. up with like 10, right? I'll start with 10 and then I'll narrow that down. Like, okay, like these, these aren't as relevant right now, but these top five, like I think these are most exciting. And then, okay, like how can we, and then we narrow that down to the top two and then how we can tweak, how can we tweak these top two to really be punchy and really be like action oriented that they want to open it and read it. It's usually an email. And then they, we link out to images of their product to like Dropbox or Google Drive. So you're pitching your clients in a space that's pretty oversaturated with a lot of competition and a lot of brands that are coining this authentic empowering message how do you help your clients stand out in such a crowded field that's like like a really great question because I think that's what a lot of when they come to me and they find me that is their biggest problem they they have a lot of fear and anxiety around like how am I different like what's different about me what am I doing that's making that's going to make a difference and How's it different than thousands of other brands that are launching pretty much on like a weekly basis? The beauty industry is booming right now. And so one of the ways we do that is really figuring out, you know, who she is as a person. What are her values? What are her belief systems? And how do we apply that to her brand? Because I truly believe, one, your brand is an extension of you, number one. And number two, really figuring out how your personal values and how your personal belief systems can apply uh, to your business and to your business manifesto and your business mission. Those two together will lead us to the appropriate strategy and it'll lead us to basically figure out how your brand is the first to do X. Because every single brand, after we work together, every single brand is the first to do X which is so cool. Like at the end of it, it's like a transformation. And they're like, oh, I don't have any competition. I'm good. Like (laughs) I'm like running with this. Um, So it's a really cool experience for me too to see that. This is actually a really good example. So I have a client and she came to me and she created a really truly quality brand of two products, uh, night oil and a morning oil. Truly the most like cold pressed essential oils probably one of the most top of the line in terms of quality, in terms of ingredients, and in terms of sourcing. But she was so stuck on the on the specs. Like she was so stuck on the specs. Like everything was about like, like, okay, well, these are, this, this is the ingredient that I'm using. These are like the specs of my product and it's organic and it's natural and it's cold press and like all this stuff. I'm like, I don't care. Like nobody's going to care. Like, yes, that's wonderful. And that should be that is important and it, there will be a time and place for us to talk about that but why are you doing this why are you starting this company what is it about this company that will like what is the bigger mission and the vision you know and so 
we really did a lot of searching and, and deep diving into what her meaning behind the brand is. And it turned out that she was in a place in her life where, you know, her husband had been basically the breadwinner of the family for quite a while. And she had a lot of great career background. Long story short, she became a mother. She really gave her time and energy into her children and allowed her husband to really take the reins and really go full on with his career. And they had an agreement like, you know, at some point I want to do something special for myself too and something that, you know, makes an impact in the world. She, you know, found her calling in in this in this brand and this product line that she was creating because she felt like there was nothing like it on the market and she was getting frustrated with what was um, existing. But on a deeper level, she was entering a period in her, in her life that was so wonderful in her like mid 30s, like mid late 30s, where you really know who you are. And she felt like a lot of the messaging and, and branding for, for women her age was like, here's how to do anti-aging. Mm. And she was like, no, why am I anti-aging? Let me empower my age. Like, this is the best time in my life. The messaging shouldn't be like how to turn back time, but how to empower this time. And that's what we worked through like over months. After she crafted the pitches, she then needed to send the pitches out via email. For each of her clients, she curates a very unique list of people to send out these pitches to. When she's pitching to media outlets, she has to keep in mind both the brand of the product she's pitching and the brand of the publication she's pitching to. They have to match. She usually pitches to fashion, beauty, and business media outlets like Refinery29, Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, Glamour, and more. So this brings us to 12.30. Aggie checked her email and social media engagement, which she tries to only check twice a day to minimize distractions. We all know what that's like. <laughs> to grow AB Creative, she told us social media isn't her most essential marketing tool. Word of mouth and good content does it for her. So I wrote an article on Entrepreneur Magazine, um, which drove a lot, continues to drive a lot of traffic to me. Uh, people find me through that. Um, and it was a very informative piece that no one else had written from that perspective. So that allowed me to get actually quite a bit of clients from that. And then some Facebook groups, um, definitely word of mouth and interviews that I've done. Speaking of clients, we're now at 1.30 on this day and Aggie hopped on a call with one of her fragrance clients. She knows this space very well, given that she launched her own fragrance brand, Nomaterra. More on that amazing Cinderella story in part two of this series. The way they are allowing it to age is super unique. It's never been done before. It, the brand hasn't officially launched yet, so I'm not able to say what it is yet. But we're working on a really awesome launch strategy, and I think it's going to be very exciting for the fragrance industry because it's truly different. From scratch, when you're working with a new client, how do you begin to start delving into a strategy? I have a questionnaire, like a welcome kit, and it took me a little bit of time to figure this out to get it right. But now they get this like really lovely like welcome kit, which is like a full-on questionnaire. Um, that gets me tapped into them as founders and their brand and what their goals and vision are for for the company, for the brand, and for themselves. And 
I'll usually have, you know, some pieces of reference co uh, content that I will share with them as well before our kickoff call so that they can get a little bit of reading done. And that first kickoff call is us going through the questionnaire and me just really getting to know the client and where they want, what they want to achieve with the brand and how I can help them. And really like getting deep on the issues they've had so far, what the challenges they've had, and it gives me a good sense of the roadmap of where we need to go. How often are you on calls with your clients versus in-person meetings? Depends on the day, uh, but m I've now streamlined my schedule a lot, and so I, I don't meet with people that often anymore. I try to get them on a call. Meetings, especially, <laughs> like I, I. When I do meet with people, if I get on a call, I tend to go over on time because that's just who I am. I like to, I, I'm, I come from a place of service and being generous with my time. And so because of that, I've had to really put in a lot of boundaries recently. And so I don't meet with people often, so often anymore. I spend more uh, time taking calls instead whether it's a new potential client call or if it's a call already with with a current client of mine. And I'd say because of how I theme my days out, some days I don't have any calls because that's a totally different mindset. And I'm like a mix of an introvert and an extrovert. So I'm creating content. I need to really be in my more of my introspective space rather than my social space. And so that's how I delegate my days. So I'd say about... 40% of my time is spent on calls or 50% on calls. And then the rest is more like I'm working on client work, creating strategies um, or creating content or what have you, pitches. So, okay. So offline of this interview, you told me that you double as your client's lifestyle coach slash mindset coach in a way because you're you're kind of coaching them through professional and like personal roadblocks that they run into how do you like rally a founder to find the the good in a in a situation that may look not not so great most people out there are so out of touch with who their authentic selves are and so we really need to dig deep and uncover that so that you can be as successful as you dream of being or have dreamt of being because mm. everyone's being infiltrated by messages by like society and from childhood and those tend to impact a lot of your actions in business when really if you're if you're operating from your fully authentic self you'll make the right choices in your business versus ones that are pressured perhaps by things you've learned that are outside of you. That makes sense. Once we can figure out what their purpose is with the brand and really figure out what their values in life are and their belief systems, and once we can really release their own power and really free their power, it becomes innate. It becomes, like I said, like a part of their brand. So their power, their meaning for being on this earth and what how they manifest that into their brand becomes like natural and organic and innate. 
At 2.30 on this day, more pitching went down. Plus, she followed up on past pitches and award submissions for Allure magazine for her clients. She told us the product itself had to be something different and innovative to even be considered for an award. 4 p.m., Aggie had a podcast interview where she discussed content and brand strategy. If you want to listen, you can find the link on the show notes page at xadiddle.com. She says PR is shifting from a pestering, selfish business to a transactional, relationship-focused, and authentic industry. I'm coming from a place of like, I think you should befriend them and you should form real, genuine relationships and really see how you can serve them and and like help them with whatever they're looking for and whatever they need as opposed to like pushing your brand on them or pushing their, you know, a product that you're pitching on them. Nobody likes that. Start yeah, a conversation with totally. me. Get to know me. I, don't, I totally get that like your time is of, an, of the essence and you want to get to the point. But, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, genuinely reaching out to somebody and and maybe seeing if you can connect on a different on a personal level first before you like jump right. on them with your pitch. 5.30 rolled around and Aggie had a check-in call with her client who creates Ayurveda-inspired body and hair care products. On this call, they discussed the progress of a pitch, upcoming pitch ideas, new strategies, and general housekeeping notes. Well, Ayurveda is a type of Indian holistic, I hate to say it, it's not a lifestyle per se, it's a approach to treating the body, the mind, holistically. And it's an age, thousands age old practice coming out of India. So really figuring out like your different doshas, which are like the different ways that your body uh, takes in nutrients and um, energy. And this brand has applied Ayurveda to different like a product line. So like a hair and body line. And I always get excited because I love – I'm very into holistic medicine and um, like I do acupuncture and I meditate. And so for me, it's like very it, – I tend to lean towards brands like this because you want to make sure that you're also like representing and pitching brands that you love and products that you love. Otherwise, it doesn't come off genuine, you know. And yeah, I just I, – I hop on the call and usually talk strategy and talk about the next two weeks and who we're pitching or – we sometimes will talk email strategy or social strategy and they're doing they're doing great like we started four months ago and they're already they've already like doubled their social following and um, we're getting some good placements with them and it's just been fun 7 p.m rolled around and aggie grabbed a glass of wine and finished up any work or emails she had left to handle before going home and having dinner with her husband around 9 p.m a common ritual they have is telling each other their favorite part of their day. He usually says, now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you can't pick that every day. Like, Aww. He's like, yeah, but it is my favorite. But for me, it's usually like a win. Like, a fa- like I don't know. Sometimes it's a podcast interview. Sometimes it's Sometimes it is also like that moment with my family. Sometimes it's a big win for me, for my company. 10.30, Aggie was getting ready for bed, but just as she started her day, she ended it with journaling. She took note of the wins and the losses of the day because... I like to look back and learn from what I've done right and what I can improve. Because I think if you don't look back, then how are you supposed to improve your next day or your next month or your next year, right? Like, how are you supposed to learn 
like, oh, maybe I should change that or maybe that's not working or like lifestyle, whether it's a lifestyle change, a personal change or it's a work change or, you know, your your um, how your work day looks like. So I like to look back on the day and really like assess the day. And it's, I have like a little um, like a almost like a like a worksheet that I've built for myself that I print out every morning. So I fill that out throughout the day and then I finish it off in the, in the evening and I actually share it now with my clients. Um, it's part of like I'm starting to build in like a little bit of a mindset module into my coursework with them. And uh, yeah, so I just kind of assess where I've been that day and um, really feel a lot of gratitude for all the accomplishments I've made. That's so important is like making sure you end with gratitude and have really give yourself acknowledgement for all that you've achieved in the day, even if you feel like you can still improve and be better. So you just experienced a day in the life of a beauty brand strategist, but how does one actually become one? In part two of the Beauty Brand Boss series, join us as we go through Aggie's career journey and experiences leading up to where she is today. Aggie took control of her career from day one at her Condé Nast internship, worked her way up in editorial there, and then left that side of the beauty business to start her own beauty business. Learn how she got the courage to leave her dream job, bootstrap her fragrance brand, Nomatera, and got her product into Sephora stores nationwide. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned. At Experience a Day in the Life, we're building an online library of content all focused on a diddle or a day in the life of different jobs and professions across the world in all different industries. So if you want to share your a diddle, you can do so at xadiddle.com slash share dash my dash a diddle. That's xaditl.com slash share dash my dash a-d-i-t-l. Thanks for listening. Head over to xadiddle.com. That's xaditl.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at xadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Bow and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.